0: Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the A.V. Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick.
1: Summertime is upon us, and that means it's time to take a look at what is hitting the big screen this summer. Welcome to Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. I'm also a Nick and Rick Talk Flicks. Whatever way you want to flip
0: it, I'm Joel Hoover. Either one of those guys doesn't matter who's first. They've never even shown up 110 you know, whatever episodes. It really doesn't. I'm Dave Brooks. Rick and Nick Talk
1: Flicks, or Nick and Rick Talk Flicks if you prefer, is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. It's on Highway 2, just down from the airport. And are they finished? I think they're done. I I look over there. I know that there's still the one dumpster that's sitting
0: outside. I think. I'm looking at what's playing now and what's about to open up for this weekend before Memorial Weekend, and they've got an extra screen added. So this, I think is the last of it and if it's not then one more week but i think this is it we're of course talking
1: about the construction that's been going on of all the theater rooms over the last several months and they are just about ready to have all 10 fully loaded and ready to go locked in with the new theater chairs the new screens the new everything that they have in there the new surround sound it's just. It's a spectacular viewing experience, and you and I have both gotten to now take in movies there. It's well worth checking out. It makes the theater-going experience just be enhanced all the more, and just in time for this slate of movies that is going to be hitting here. So the Bemidji Theater better than ever on highway two just down from the airport head on over check it out don't forget of course about the discount nights that they have going on with the student nights as well as the 550 nights on tuesdays as well
0: i love how you call it the theater rooms not the screening chambers or just auditoriums the room of which you can never leave we'll come up with some good words the box, the
1: cinema closet, the
0: show closet. There we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, anything current events wise coming to mind here, Dave? As we kick off the episode today,
0: strike continues. It's starting Ooh. to make some impact. Yeah, movies that are starting that were starting to be developed, they're now starting to pull back, and shows in particular.
1: Any news from the picket line of possible
0: progress? No. This is going to go for a while. A lot of this stems from uh, one of the newer things we talked about was streaming and streaming residuals. And writers are getting less and less and less. This is what builds their content. And but I also think at the same time, if you're looking at the studios, places like Netflix and Paramount Plus, or just and even Disney, they're just not making it on the streamers. So they're not making the money they want to. Or is this another example of creative Hollywood math? And this would not be the first time that they've gone around with that. No, we're just we're just not making money on these streamers it says here you made like 29 trillion dollars no no that's all fake uh, fake accounting right there so who knows this is going to go a while
1: there's some precedent for that of yeah. that possibly being where it all comes down to and what it stems from but yeah if the streaming part of it is is playing a big role i wouldn't be shocked
0: no they just you just got to pay the people is what it is just got to pay the people that's the end of that's the end of the story, You're really. going
1: to make your money. You will make your money in a lot of areas and a lot of places with what's out there. Yeah, let's just let's get it done.
0: This is going to be, every time we do another podcast, what's the current, it's still the strike. I think that's going to be going on. I don't see. Well, we'll see. There's there's a caveat. It could happen by the end of June because uh, that's when the Directors Guild is done with their contract. So if they're going to try to make a deal with the directors and the writers, that would be a good time for it to happen. And if they don't, then then I'm not optimistic that it gets done anytime before fall. And this could really drag. Woof. The last one in oh seven oh eight. That was what five months, something like that. This could go that and then some.
1: Okay, not a very promising start to the podcast today, but that's the reality of what we're facing. Although, that's a great point that you made regarding the Directors Guild and their own contract being up. Maybe both get done at the same time. There's there's hope. What if they reach for... an
0: impasse with the Directors, too, and we have a double strike? Oh, my gosh. Well, in that case, ugh, hold on to your knickers.
1: Yeah, we got everybody holding on to their their vault of gold that much more closely. Well so.
0: funny enough, I saw one of the writers giving an interview in a nice swanky apartment with his gold chain. I was like, dude, you should be wearing like a burlap sack, you know, and in a cardboard box, man, I just don't get paid I get it, I get it. I hope he was staying at his parents' house, and that's the the look. But then you get these guys in their gilded palaces that got paid $12 million just to executive produce. And by that, they just went out golfing with some guy and just talked shop, and they got paid $12 million for that. There needs to be an accounting overall in Hollywood, period.
1: If you are somebody who's a big fan of movie trailers, and when trailers get dropped, it's worth noting, too, that, that quite a few of these movies that we're going to be talking about here, they have trailers that have either just been coming out recently, or there will probably be some more that are coming soon. And that's been a change ever since COVID, Dave, where movie trailers are dropping much closer to the release of the film itself than what it used to be, where we would get several months in advance uh, a release of a trailer that would be coming out for movies. Now it feels like we're getting. Final trailers, we're getting trailers that are dropping much closer to the release, I think, than ever before. And even even the pre hype, it, it's not as advanced as it used to be. Now it's a lot more of a condensed run up.
0: I, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense to me. They have these big movies, big budget comes out. Well, we don't understand why it well maybe you need to promote it better. You know, it's not just that you get it running on TV necessarily, but get it out there. So if people want to see it, there's links and places to go, sites that you know if you're looking for a trailer, you're probably going to find it there, Apple trailers or whatever. The Super Bowl helped with that. That helps. You know, and some movies you'll get those teasers way out early. And others, I mean, when was the first Indiana Jones trailer? Was that like Christmas time? I mean, we knew it was coming. It was just showing a little tease, you know. And that's all I want to see. I don't want to go too far because it gives too much away. When this is over, after I see Indiana Jones, I will go back. And I will look at all the trailers that I didn't want to watch because then it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, the methodology has become teaser trailer one trailer two that that's how it tends to go it seems like it's more condensed though at least for some studios i think for some studios the way that they're doing their trailers has maybe changed and become more of a shortened
0: run-up i think a lot of I, i think there's probably like seven guys that cut all the trailers for every studio in hollywood and they're all pretty much they feel the same mostly it'd be nice to see a different vibe to those, and just a kind of a different feel, a different look, maybe if the director of the movie works it in, look, I want to be in charge of the trailer. I have final cut on the movie, I want final cut on the trailer, because the way you guys do it is horrible. And that would be cool. You know, I'd like to see something different. You, Where did the voice go? In a world. You don't see those in trailers. It's a, a big word pops up on the screen with a big sound effect, another sound effect, and another word, tonight we watch the trailer. Can we just go something different? They are all like that to a man.
1: You and I talked about trailers in a previous episode. I know. Episode. You started it's, me going on a rant. Yeah, it's, it, it still sticks in the mind, though. All right, without further ado, let's bring the people what they came for, the summer movie slate. This is not, by the way, a complete list. Yes. It's not an exhaustive complete list Twit of all the movies. It jumps out at us. Yeah, things that we are seeing that are going to be hitting the big screen, these are very likely going to be ones that will be very available for you to get to watch and, and to see.
0: And one of the few episodes we could say, no spoilers forthcoming, because these movies aren't, at the time we're recording this,
1: they're not out yet. Unless they're a sequel of some kind, or maybe if you no. haven't seen the trailer, but if the trailer has shown something, then it's it's kind of out there. Like, for instance, with The Flash, you already know a few things that yeah. are going to be coming there. So
0: those things we could talk about, because it's not a secret. You know, it's, the movie's not out yet, but everyone knows that Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck's versions of Batman are going to show up in some sort of a shattered universe thing with the Flash, how exactly that works in. Well, we're going to find out when those movies come out on those dates. Uh say stay tuned. But we can't spoil the movie because we haven't seen the movie yet. So let's let's talk about what we're going in. We might have a little overlap. We're gonna go Memorial Weekend through Labor Day weekend. So Labor Memorial Weekend technically did get covered when we did the spring preview, but hey, it's summertime, deal with it.
1: Yeah, we can have a little bit of the the Venn diagram crossing over there. Yeah. All right, so May 26th, Dave, kick us off.
0: Memorial weekend, and this is the Disney trend that's been going on for the last few years. They're taking not even necessarily cartoons. They're just taking existing properties and redoing them. And there will be another one coming up later this summer alone. But The Little Mermaid, it was an animated classic from 1990, 91, somewhere in there. Well, now it's getting the redo live action with CGI. The Little Mermaid is back. I keep getting, I keep wanting to say Halle Berry, and my apologies to Halle Bailey, but just my eyes keep auto correcting this. But Halle Bailey is going to be the new Ariel, the mermaid. Melissa McCarthy is in it. Javier Ursula. As Ursula. They finally showed (laughs) that. I think it was in the Super Bowl commercial. Um, This could be a fun movie, but it's also one of those that I get the vibe. It's got a good vibe to it. It's not purely a by the numbers. But like, say, The Lion King was the other year. I mean, it looked good, but it just, it was, eh. I mean, it's not that it wasn't good, it just it didn't bring anything new. This looks like it brings a little something new to it, but that's just my vibe. I don't know. But this this has been kind of hit and miss with Disney. It's almost like, well, we got to make some money, guys. Well, let's re-release everything. Well, we can't do that. Let's try to redo everything. Okay. And for better, for worse, eh.
1: Well, we'll see how musical they are with it too, because of course there there was quite the strong musical element as well I with. Never
0: see y- do, do, do.
1: Yes, with the animated Little Mermaid, I'm sure there will be plenty of that too. But visually, it, it looks like it's going to be pretty cool with what they've got in store and, and planned for it.
0: It does look pretty. Uh, will it be a good summer movie, especially with Memorial Weekend? Uh, it, honestly, I don't know how to how to. What I think about this one, I know what I think about this one, and my tendency to go or not go. But this is—it's up to everybody individually. If this is your thing, don't let what some idiot on a podcast says, war, you know, sway you to not go see something that you might want to go. By all means, go. It's not looking like it's my movie to go see, but don't listen to this idiot when Plus, it comes to that.
1: Keep in mind too, like we said off the start, this isn't going to be an exhaustive list yes. that we're covering today. There's going to be some deeper cut ones oh, that, yeah. that might have that might have a little bit of their own staying power.
0: But this is the one big bright spotlight for Memorial Weekend to get the summer going. And since we've already gone over it with the spring preview, I think that's probably safe that we can move on into June.
1: Yeah, so into June. And by the way, for the entire summer slate here, as the list goes, there are kind of three categories that I've seen. There are two dates on the list that are huge dates that I'm looking at, where there's either... Two or three big tentpole ones, or there's just a lot of clout that's involved. Then there's a category of some that maybe aren't quite as strong, but are still pretty strong dates. And then ones where it's like, this is a single movie kind of date of, there's there's one that really sticks out. June 2nd is kind of in that middle category for me, is what I'm seeing with the two movies there. One of them that is a sequel coming off of what became a big smash hit just a few years ago.
0: Yeah, uh if you like that animated Spider-Man movie it came out a couple years ago, it's got a sequel to it, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Following up into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, that was, you know, it came out in the midst of all the Marvel stuff toward the end of the Avengers Endgame that kind of era, but it wasn't truly officially connected. It's not really part of the MCU so to speak where the Tom Holland and all of that this is a whole other thing that goes parallel to it but if you saw into the Spider-Verse that animated Spider-Man with all these various different Spider-Men came together and I don't mean the Tobey Maguire Andrew Garfield Tom Holland version this was really something on its own that really caught fire on its own so it's going to have another one across the Spider-Verse this is very family appropriate Uh, I haven't shown this one to my kiddo yet so I got to show him into the Spider-Verse so that when Across the Spider-Verse opens up on June 2nd, I can take over that. We'll have a double feature.
1: I still need to watch into the Spider-Verse. I know it's out You'd there. Like it. Yeah, I know that it's out there on on some different um, streaming platforms to get to watch. I really do want to make sure that I get a chance to watch that because I heard such good things about it and it was so successful too. And it, it's done really well. Good really good voice cast that they've got yeah. for it too. And and again, capitalizing on that now with what looks like it's going to be a two part sequel. Too. Yeah,
0: I'm getting that vibe too. I haven't looked too deep into it, but it very well could be. And this is one. Those of you that some people are getting a little burned out on the on the superhero thing, this one seems to be a little off on its own, just a little bit. Like and it's you, fresh. Yeah, it's fresh, and it doesn't. Well, you got to understand what happened in part thirteen. and the ah. You know, this is kind of on its own. There was one before, but I'm getting the vibe that it's almost like a James Bond. You don't really need to know what happened before. Just sit down, watch. What's this one about? Ah, I don't know. Let's be entertained, and you will be. Same weekend, so when the parents drop your kids off to go see the (laughs) Spider-Verse, mom and dad can go across and get the bejesus scared out of them because based on a short story by Stephen King, The Boogeyman is coming out
1: classic that's probably all we really need to say character yeah the boogeyman or yeah. just the idea of the boogeyman is yeah. one that that people talk about very freely as well too so now we have a movie regarding the boogeyman a high schooler and her younger sister uh, who have lost their mother uh, and are grieving her death and then a malicious presence shows up at their house that's the i the general idea that's given here for the boogeyman couple of trailers have been out for it as well to this point too and like you said based off the stephen king story
0: and based if it's a stephen king thing you could probably guess it's probably not some nut in a mask it's probably some sort of an apparition of some sort something supernatural but i haven't seen the movie so we'll have to wait and see i haven't read the book either so i really don't know uh, June 9th, Here's another one of those big summer tent poles oh, that has got brother. the giant mega poster set up for you somewhere. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. What number is this? is this? Number six, seven, eight? We're really still doing this. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I've lost track at this point. There was the Bumblebee movie. There was there was another Transformers that came along as well. Um, it says here on Rotten Tomatoes, quote: Thanks to the success of 2018's <laughs> Bumblebee.
0: Thanks, Bumblebee.
1: Um, We have another throwback Transformers flick. Apparently this is set in the nineteen nineties is when that this is. So You know, it's I don't know.
0: I'm not saying it's not it could be a very good movie, but I'm I'm kinda done with this. I'm just and then Transformers, I love the show. When the first movie came out, I was like, yeah, okay, it doesn't look great, but okay. And I saw it, and it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. It was
1: entertaining. Yeah,
0: and it was a one-off, and I was done. I think I saw Revenge of the Fallen, the second one, oh in, a ho- in a hotel. Uh, we would called it an early night, and I was just you know in bed, and I had enough energy. And I was like, yeah, okay, I don't want to pay And then pay there it was wa-
1: dark of the moon, and it was truly starting to jump the shark at yeah, that point. I'll,
0: if this is your thing, I want you to go and get the biggest thing of popcorn you can and just get excited with your dip. Dad, And you think this is the one where are optimists? Come on, son, let's go. If that's your thing... Then I hope you have a wonderful time seeing it, and you don't have to worry about bothering me in the next seat because I won't be in it. But if that's your thing, you go and enjoy it. By the way, quick sidebar
1: on that here's another current events item. Have you heard the news recently, Dave? Apparently, Fast X might be the first of a three part extension of the fast and furious movie series no i'm not surprised according to reports that i am hearing if vin diesel has his way it will be the first of a not two three part movie extension fast x part one fast uh, uh, who knows how it's gonna look um it's uh my gosh uh, my gosh if you've thought transformers had enough boondoggles uh You've not seen anything till you've seen the Fast and Furious movies.
0: Hoover, were you young enough when you were a kid to have those choose-your-own-adventure books? Do you know what I'm talking about? you remember those? I'm
1: familiar with them, okay. yeah. I
0: will let you choose your own adventure. Would you like me to rant on that or not to rant on that? I will do whichever selection of choose-your-own-adventure you would like, and I'll do it in less than three minutes.
1: If you if you can keep your it choice. relatively brief, yeah, maybe not the full-on rant. If you can keep it relatively brief, please, I, I would be more than happy to hear this.
0: Ben Diesel has found himself uh, a, a sugar daddy, and that is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Since Guardians of the Galaxy, which the only thing he pretty much says is, I am Groot. And granted, he says it in every language that they do it, but how hard is it to Say I am Groot in 29 different languages. Okay, so now he's got the car movie franchise. He better hope that they go to Fast and the Furious Triple X, because that's all he's gonna have. Uh no disrespect to him, but I mean, come on, man. So there are spoilers that I am aware of of the next movie that I will not spill into this podcast because we already promised no spoilers, but if he wants this to go on and on, I don't think he's interested in the quality of these movies. I think it's just that they keep going on and he keeps getting a paycheck until the end of time. Yeah. End of
1: rant. Okay, I saw something <laughs> on Twitter the other day, and it was somebody who put a tweet out there of, at what moment did the Fast and Furious movies jump the shark? At After Fast mo- Five.
0: They they rebreathed some great life in Fast <laughs> Five, and it might have carried over to the sixth one. Whatever extra polish they put back into the bottle with that has since rubbed off and then some. It's time to either seriously refresh it or let it crash into the wall and walk away and get the insurance check.
1: My favorite response to that was a quote tweet that somebody did when they said, when Dom Toretto showed up to help the Avengers. <laughs> and you have that moment where where Captain Marvel comes exploding through that ship, yeah. remember, in, in Endgame? Yeah. But instead, it's Dom Toretto driving a car, blasting music, muttering things about family. And yeah. I think he said, no one comes after my family. And he goes blasting through the ship, and you see this this CGI, like, badly edited in car. So just like a regular fast in movie. in midair, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> was, you know, if, it
1: was a moment where the internet got it right, where the internet won.
0: This is one of those things where if you go put ketchup on your fine French cuisine, if that's your thing, fine. Everybody around you is going to be horrified. But if that is your thing, <laughs> fine. You don't need some idiot on a podcast to tell you to feel bad about yourself because you like something that other people don't like. If it entertains you, fine. But at some point, stop beating the dead horse it's done all that's right. my third rant now we're ending. Look what you've started, <laughs> and that's not even officially a summer movie. No. Let's move on to the middle of June, shall we?
1: The middle of June brings us the first of those two dates that I think are the biggest yeah. dates on the calendar for summer movies. And this June 16th is going to bring us a series of, Not even We don't even have the full list of movies here that, that's going to be going on that day. Um, but there will there, be
0: more, but there's big three. And there's so much counter-programming. Every little slice of the demographic pizza is represented there. So you can drop the kids off in one theater, husband goes to that theater, wife goes to this theater, and two hours later everyone's smiling.
1: Yeah, so let's start it off on the 16th with the superhero movie that's on offering that day. And that is The Flash from DC, which has so much attached to it in movie and out of movie.
0: Where do you start? Um, Let's start with what's on the screen. Uh, You got Ezra Miller. He is the Flash. He's been in some of the uh, Justice League movies. He gets his own. We'll talk about behind the scenes here in a minute. Uh, Obviously, we've got a fractured universe still going on, the shattered universe, but this is DC now. This is not the part of what's been going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know it's hard to keep up on all of this. It's only been 134 movies, guys. Come on, keep up, keep up, keep up. So he's got his own version and he's going to be intersecting with other things. Now lots Mar- of time travel involved Yeah, here. Or, or not maybe not time travel, but maybe it's more like a different universes where there's a theory where it's not or they explain in the Last Avengers movie. It's not like the Back to the Future timeline where you can do the ripple effect, change something in the past and it all just ripples forward, but there's different parallel universes. How exactly this is going to work? We're going to find out on June 16th.
1: Because this is DC's version of it, and it, and it is a little bit different. And involves again the abilities of the Flash. But we've already seen Michael Keaton as Batman he appearing in there. Plus, we have is it? I think it's Supergirl, yeah, right? Who yeah. who's in there too? But not the mir-
0: not the Melissa Benoist version who did the Supergirl show. This is a whole different actress. But I mean, even General Zod, Michael Shannon, who got killed yes. off, is back. And you've got uh, a lot of different folks. And not only do you have Michael Keaton back as Batman. By the way, he hasn't played that role since 1992, Batman Returns. That's right. The Bat, the Cat, the Penguin. But you also have Ben Affleck back again. How many times is he, no, I'm done as Batman. But then he cameos. He's back in this one, I have a feeling, as a small cameo. This really looks special. It really does. And here's the other thing. This movie doesn't come out until mid-June about a month ago mid april 2 months before it opened up they did screen it and they weren't even care they didn't even care about you know you can just say what you want cuz i think they need so much good pr for this movie apparently the reviews spectacular okay it is like oh they know they've got such a hit you can't screw it up so this looks really really good now we got to sidebar and talk a little bit about the behind the scenes stuff i'm not going to go into great detail cuz we don't have that much time but you can go Google Ezra Miller controversy, and I'm sure stuff's just going to start pouring out. But essentially, the long story short, he started some kind of cult and just got became himself his own messiah of this cult. And it's just gotten bizarre to the point where they realistically looked at this movie as cool as it could be and got very close to saying, I don't think we're going to put this movie out. We're because Ezra Miller
1: movie. has become such a... An issue away yeah. from this. It's, he's, just, it, he's just become a huge mess.
0: Liability would be the right word. Yeah. And to the point where when they start promoting this movie like for real, I don't think you're going to see him. Well, the writer strike is going to help with that, but I don't think you would see him on the Tonight So couch or doing interviews or anything else. They're just going to, good job, Ezra. Why don't you go stand over there by that tree and we'll let everybody else promote the movie for you. Go play on the water slide some more. This is going to be a great movie, and I don't know what they're going to do going forward because this is movie... Is probably going to demand a sequel, and you've got this huge liability. I think you're realistically looking at maybe recasting the role going forward. Ezra, thank you for all you've done. We're done, I think, but we'll see. This movie, I anticipate to be a smash. I really, really do. Uh, I hope it doesn't enable this guy to continue going forward with the shenanigans, let's just call it that, as to what he's been involved in. You can look it up on your own and get the details, but um, this really does look special. All of that, despite the fact, looks really good. And I, yes. I do want to see it.
1: All right. So that same day, if you're not too big, I mean, you've got a lot of different avenues that you can go here. We've got the superhero avenue. And then we have the Pixar avenue. And I just – I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw a clip for for this movie, Elemental, pop up just the other day. Really, di- again, with Pixar, they like to go in a, into a lot of different concepts with what they try to do in order to showcase – what they are all
0: about, and that's the visuals. And one of the things you and I have complained about with Pixar, they're all sequels, all sequels, they're not original. Here's something pretty original, so I'm glad to see they're going into new territory.
1: It's a world where citizens who represent the four elements all coexist together. And apparently with this one, a woman made of fire has a friendship with a man made of water, and it helps them to rethink how they see things around them. So elemental is, is what's coming along here. reminds me of... The one where they did the moods. I'm trying to remember oh, the name of Inside it. Oh, Inside Out? Yeah, Inside yeah. Out. It reminds me a little bit of that, just a different play on on that idea of trying to take a concept like that and turn it into a world and a story out of that world. It, it, that's what I, I at least thought of was what they did with Inside Out.
0: I think the only hard part are going to be kids that would want to see Elemental and go see you know the various Batmans and The Flash and Wonder Woman and Supergirl and whoever – Uh, This looks pretty good. You know, which one do you go see? Well, maybe we'll see them both, kids. Yay! That's what I think that weekend. Ooh,
1: double feature, yeah. But but
0: then you got the parents and the the highbrow that look for cinema. Yeah, if you want to go a little bit off the beaten path, if you want to go the indie route, Wes
1: Anderson pops up and says, I got you because he's got a movie coming up on June 16th called Asteroid City. Great cast that's attached to this.
0: Can you call him offbeat and independent anymore? He's kind of become his own brand that is really kind of into the mainstream. He really
1: has. I mean, but he's got this, that spirit. This is a strong cast. That, they're always that he a has strong for cast. Movie.
0: For, whether it's from the undersea with Jacques chuzot uh, or whatever it was called uh, Rushmore. I mean, he's, they're very offbeat, quirky. The Royal Tenenbaums. It's its its own taste. It's a very different uh, – it's a dry kind of a taste. But they're good and they're, they're – they are good, but they're their own type. They're not a, everybody pleased, but it's – it takes a few viewings to really get all of it.
1: Organizers and attendees of a junior stargazer convention in a fictional town. There's your basic, basic premise for this. Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Ed Norton, Adrian Brody, Liv Schreiber.
0: Is Bill Murray in this one? He's in most of them. Is he? I think he's in most of Wes Anderson's movie. Did he miss this one?
1: That's the list that I'm seeing here. Well, you know, he's got, got that. For it. He
0: doesn't have an agent. He's got an 800 number when he picks up the voicemail. And there's a lot of roles that have come his way that he didn't pick up the number, so he didn't go into the movie. So maybe Wes called and Bill was busy on vacation. That's actually I didn't make that up. That's actually the way it works. I'm not even kidding. I'm also seeing Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, yeah,
1: Matt Dillon, yeah, all attached on this too. Marco Robbie?
0: It's a huge all star cast. Yeah.
1: William Defoe. Maybe they're all in in small cameo roles of some kind. Oh but anyway, yeah. The monster cast.
0: This is a director's actor. It's it's a lot. It's kind of like the Coen Brothers in a way. It's got its an actor's flavor. director. Yeah. I well this is said director's actor? No, I mean like a, an actor's director. This is the kind there of guy are. that puts these movies together that actors are falling over. I don't care if I'm the third security guard on the left. Put me in your movie. and so you get all these guys that are willing to be you know huge name stars for like 99 cents to do the role just to be in the movie.
1: All right, tell us a little bit about No Hard Feelings coming up on June
0: 23rd. One of the best things when I was a kid going to the movies, when it wasn't you know laser beams and explosions and car chases, were the just funny, maybe a hard R if you were old enough to get into them, but something where you're just horse laughing by the end, hoping your bladder holds together. <laughs> and whether it's your subject matter or not, doesn't matter as long as there's something out there. And especially lately, we've kind of been are there any comedies anymore? Is everybody so offended so easily? Well, we've got a couple of those that could be an interesting one. And so here's the first one it comes out June 23rd. No. Hard feelings. It's kind of like a somewhat more sexualized failure to launch. So Matthew Broderick plays the dad of this kid who's about to go into college. But this kid has never been on a date before. So he hires Jennifer Lawrence, Oscar winner herself, to date her his son, to get him ready for college, at least from the social aspect.
1: And she needs some money, apparently is on the brink of losing her childhood home, so she's desperate for the money, and apparently this is on Craigslist that this pops up.
0: This looks like it's going to be... a good hard R comedy I saw the Red Band trailer for it and it looked pretty funny Uh, I do like Jennifer Lawrence maybe her moment as the it girl is over but she's still amazingly talented and I love what she does and she really does it well Uh, Matthew Broderick I mean if if Harris Bueller is going to hire you to date his kid I would (laughs) this could be fun Okay, she'd understand. We learn we learn a
1: little bit more about you every time on here, Dave. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's Jennifer Lawrence. So that that grabs your attention right away with with just the tremendous work that she has done in the past and and all the different projects that she's been involved with. So, um, yeah, apparently it's directed by a guy who was a writer for The Office. Gene. Yeah, I can't pronounce
0: it, but he's an office guy. Stupnitsky, I think is how you say it. It it. looks good. So if you're missing a good comedy, this might be one of them. So comedies are like horror movies. They're kind of hard to gauge. Everyone's got their own flavor, their own parameters. Uh, I think this is one that you don't want to sleep on. Looks pretty good.
1: All right, the following weekend, another one of those weekends that's kind of in that middle ground that I talked about of a, a pretty solid weekend, although this this one has got one big movie that really stands out. You and I already previewed it a little bit, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny.
0: Well, I gotta check my calendar here real quick because I think even though this is June, yeah, it's technically fourth of July weekend because the fourth is on a Tuesday. So this is, even though it's June 30th, it's 4th of July weekend. You can bet Hollywood is going to have some huge firecracker up its sleeve to come out 4th of July weekend and busting out an old archaeologist that is one of everybody's favorites, the fifth Indiana Jones movie and the Dial of Destiny, Harrison Ford, of course, is back the last time he's coming back. Sala is back, I saw in the trailer. It's the only thing I didn't... He's back. John Rhys Davies is back. Yeah, he is. Any other surprise? So it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer and I saw it.
1: I just saw his name here on the the list and I was like, wait, I hadn't heard if he was attached to it or not, but there we go. I'm
0: pretty sure that even in a cameo of secrecy, I'm pretty sure that Mutt is son henry jr is not coming back i'm not surprised to see that karen allen isn't coming back since they did get married at the end of the last one i believe there is going
1: to be some reference something to, to both of them here in this movie i think I, I had been reading that when we were getting ready for the indiana jones episode and when we were doing that i'm
0: pretty sure there will be some kind of reference to them now i will say this you know dave give me a little bit of a preview what's this going to be about i'm going to tell you right now i don't know and i don't want to know Because some of these movies, I want to go in ignorant. I really do. I saw the teaser one time. And that's all I want to see it. Well, I can give basics. No, no, no Don't or, even do that while I'm listening, okay, though. Okay. I, I want to walk in and just, I know Indiana Jones is in it. I know this person's in it. I don't know who they are. I get the general gist. One of the things you can say is that after World War II, a lot of the Nazi scientists were brought in to the West to help with the space program. Not all of them were good guys. So one of them might still truly be a bad guy Nazi at heart. So even though the Nazis are long gone, this movie takes place in the 60s. But they were still around those guys, so maybe one of them is still kind of Nazi at heart. And that was what Indiana Jones did best with the first and third one. We might not be done with the Nazi chase yet, and I think that Mads Mikkelsen character is going to be taking that role on. So exactly what's involved here, I don't know. And I don't want to know until I sit down Fourth of July weekend, opening day, and see it for myself.
1: We have two that are geared a little bit more toward the younger age range that are going on, too. One of them that I did see was coming out. The other surprised me a lot because it's based on a on a children's book that I grew up actually reading. We'll get to that one in a moment. But first, uh, we've got another animated movie that is being offered up June 30th. It's from Universal and DreamWorks, so Dancing Around Elemental from Pixar two weekends before. Uh, And this is Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken, who's coming here, about a normal 16-year-old girl, seemingly normal, who discovers she's descended from a long line of sea krakens.
0: Sea monsters.
1: Okay, sea monsters. Well, Kraken is a sea monster, but yeah. Yeah.
0: So it seems like uh, it's a coming-of-age comedy, but in a fantasy genre, um maybe this will speak to kids that are into that you know preteen kind of era and everything starts to change with them physically and emotionally and socially and everything and this might just be a weird metaphor uh in a way to put it but this one dreamworks has got some great hits under their belt they've got a couple of misses i got a good vibe on this one we'll see
1: i i like the work that they've done with their animated stuff over the years and it's it's not just Shrek no, no. you know it's not it's not all just based around Shrek or the Shrek world and stuff I know Puss and Boots just did great uh, last year with that new one that came out they've they have found ways to find a lane in the animated world outside of what Disney and Pixar have done, that has worked very, very well for them. And they're still doing it today. And I know we discussed that in our animated episode of what they've been able to do. They they seem to find ways to be able to put some pretty good projects together.
0: I think I got a vibe this is going to be one of those.
1: You surprised me, though, with the other one. I did not realize that there was a movie being done on Harold and the Purple Cran
0: Well, it's a classic child's book. I mean, I, you read it. I read it. Everybody has read it. I mean, essentially, it's a boy with a great imagination that will draw these things, and it's always with his purple crayon, and then the imagination takes over. That's it in a nutshell. Um, It's one of those classic movies, or stories, rather, books that has always been beloved, and people have handed the book down from generation to generation. Are we not surprised that it finally made its way to some sort of screen, small or big? So, obviously, it's going to be a pretty big adventure that Harold's going to come up with in his purple crayon. Maybe another maybe Harold and the Red Cran will be the sequel. We'll see. But I mean, this is one of those books that everyone loves the book. So when it's coming to the big screen, I'd want to know about it. If if they ever do a Harold or an Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, one of my favorite kids' books, I would love to see the movie. And I don't care if I'm in my 50s when I go to see it, I would love it. Some so, pretty big names attached
1: to it too: Zachary Levi, Zoe yeah. Deschanel, as well. Yeah. So. I haven't seen a trailer or anything related to that that's out there, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that one.
0: Once we start getting to July, I have, I've not seen many teasers or trailers or anything for anything, and like you said, they're starting to get a little closer to the vest on that, So, but technically, even though that's the last day of June, it's really Fourth of July weekend that those are coming out, so that's always a big weekend. Then we officially make it into July, so those that aren't going back to see reruns of Indiana Jones might instead go scare the pants off themselves with... <laughs> On July 7th, Insidious The Red Door. Now, the Insidious, there's two of those, right? Two, three movies? Insidious movies, and those are pretty good. That's yeah, they've James... piled up a bit by now. Yeah, they've but they're good. Every one of them, everyone is, oh my God, that's such a scary movie. And they really are. They're holding up. So this one, I get the feeling it's a little more of a spin-off because you really don't have much of the original cast back. Um, I think Rose Byrne has got a small part in it. So you're kind of changing over the cast, which kind of tells you it's a refresh. This one, it's always the third one that kind of tells the tale. Is there more tread on this tire, or is this it? So... I don't know, it could go either way, Insidious the Red Door.
1: What I've seen is the fifth and allegedly final installment of the franchise, allegedly, but with with horror movies Dave, you've seen this. They they're about as hard to kill off sometimes as I'm the I'm sorry, uh, wasn't the, Friday the, the 13th ones? the
0: final chapter, the fourth one? And haven't <laughs> they made what, 11 of those now? Yeah. Final Chapter, See, give me, come on. Yeah, horror movies,
1: they they're about as hard to kill off as the antagonists who are at the center of them.
0: Wasn't that the a, entities. There's a good line from a fun movie worth looking up called The Monster Squad, and he's trying to watch the nearby drive-in movie theater, whatever the title of the movie was, the maniac's back. I'm sorry, didn't they chop him up and mail his head to Norway? That was the third one. Well, he's back again? Well, yeah, there was return postage. So it's, you know, those <laughs> funny little things always find a way to come back, especially in the real-life horror movie versions.
1: All right, tell us about The Outlaws, because that was one that was not on my radar, but that's coming up July 7th.
0: Here's another one of those, I need a good pants wedding comedy, and I think it's got a good pedigree to do it. So Adam Devine, who's made a pretty good career in the last few years, you've seen him on Modern Family. He was in, uh, was it Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates or whatever it was? He's all over the place. He's just been everywhere. He's funny.
1: He's been in the Pitch Perfect movies, of course, too.
0: Well, his character in this movie, getting married, and he meets his in-laws, Pierce Brosnan and Ellen and Barkin. Right about the time that they're meeting his future in-laws, there's a huge burglary that takes place and he starts to connect dots that thinks maybe his soon-to-be in-laws might be the bad guys. The outlaws. This could be fun.
1: Interesting. Yeah, uh, if he's involved you know it's going to be a pretty Comedic one that that's going to be going on, but
0: Pierce Brosnan's got comedic chops. Clearly, Ellen Barkin <laughs> does. I mean, this is some good pedigree but they, cast. But
1: they have it from like the more serious side. Like, there's there's comedy in the seriousness of of the the tropes that they've kind of been attached to. Like
0: I said, I haven't seen a teaser yet. I haven't had a trailer yet. I haven't. It's hard. You got to get the flavor of what it's going to be. And if I was an X Man, some people shoot lasers. Some people can bend metal. I can tell you within a ninety five percentile whether the movie trailer is any good. If the movie will be any good so that's my x-man skill it's not in demand when the battle goes on but still it's a skill so i haven't seen the trailer yet so i can't tell you the flavor yet i don't have a vibe but i do get i don't know an inkling that it, it has potential we'll put it that way it could also be a mess but i don't know that yet but it's worth keep keep it on your radar well we talked about
1: a three-part movie series on top of a saga that already exists How about a two-part series on top of a saga that already exists? Although this one, I think, this movie franchise, it's got some more life in its legs. And it it actually has done a great job of reviving itself. And the wait is almost over for the next Mission Impossible movie, Dead Reckoning Part 1 hitting the big screen on July 12th. And you will probably, if you have an interest in seeing this movie, you will want to go see it in theaters on the big screen based on the teaser trailer that's been released for it and the incredible set pieces that have been attached to the Mission Impossible movies the last few years.
0: And not just as a gimmick. I mean, they serve the story, and these are done so well. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the first two. JJ Abrams got involved in number 3. You know how I, of, I feel
1: about the first one.
0: I never showed you the first two. I showed you the third one and then went from I there. I
1: staunchly refused to watch the first one because You're of smart. what I know that it what it did to the TV show. But You're anyway, smart. by the time number 3 rolled around, they found something and they it it's not like the Fast and Furious movies where they found something and then the comet burned out really quick. Mission Impossible found something. And it's just kept getting better and better with each installment.
0: And there, I have issues sometimes when you get like a part one, part two. Sometimes you need to do it. Like Back to the Future, part two and three, they had a story for a sequel, but it was so involved, there's no way we can do this as one movie. We need to break it up into two. And they were both awesome movies. Making The Hobbit, one book into a three-part thing was a money grab. And the same thing with we're going to redo all this was a money grab. Well, we'll do the end of the Hunger Games series, and the last one will be a part one, part two. Moonlight did it. Harry Potter did it. This is one where, as they were coming up with the story, and it seems like it's not the end, but it is probably the turning of the corner. This might be the last outing for Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise's character. That's kind of what it's implied Uh, maybe not that he's going to die, but he's you know he is 197. It's time for him to retire. (laughs) Time for the Jeremy Renner character to take over or whatever. Now that that's going to happen now since the snowplow incident, but um, it's one of those things where it seems like it's the Guardians of the Galaxy just turned the corner and you're going to get a refreshing when they do the next one. This one they came up with a story that was so elaborate they're like we we can't do this as one movie. That blurs the line between entertainment and hostage situation. Let's do the movie. They filmed all of it, and then let's choom, let's cut it off, probably with a cliffhanger, I would imagine, and then we'll do part two. We'll do the post production, and that comes out, I think, next summer.
1: So here's the kicker: we only have one trailer on this movie so far. It was a trailer that came out, I think, last year, Mm -hmm. and it's a composite of a lot of images thrown together with only a little bit of dialogue and no real discernible plot that's been attached to this. So, of course, we know there's going to be espionage and some kind of conspiracy involved. What exactly it is... Not a clue. We know that Haley Atwell is going to be in this. She's one of the new additions here. But you've got the main crew. Tom Cruise, of course, Ving Rames, Simon Pegg, and Rebecca Ferguson, whose role in this series just continues to get more and more entrenched. So we, we know only a few things about this movie. And that remains the case even two months out from the release. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of trailer that will be coming, speaking of trailers, that will be coming very soon that will maybe let on more of what we're going to be getting with this movie, but it went through a lot of delays with, of course, COVID and interrupting the shooting schedule for it, but the wait is almost over for part one of Dead Reckoning.
0: And you've got the, um, there's always been the, the guy in charge, whoever that is, whether that was Lawrence Fishburne or John Voight or, uh, 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 what's her name, uh, Barrett, uh I'm not a, I'm a, in the interest of moving forward I'm not going to try to figure out the name but the character of who was in the first movie that you haven't seen I forget the actor's name he's back in this one so the whole movie he's going after you know Tom Cruise's character Angela Bassett there we got it and uh yeah that's right so we got it Then there was he against him, was he for him? You know, now he's back in some way, shape, or form, so it really does kind of feel like we're coming around to the beginning and tying something off. Whether Jeremy Renner shows up in this before the snowplow accident remains to be seen, but pretty much everybody is back, most people. And then stay tuned somewhere in 2024, presumably Dead Reckoning Part Two, and this does look good.
1: All right, so the next weekend is the second of those two dates that I said are are maybe the biggest dates on the summer movie calendar. We've got two huge tentpole movies that are hitting on July
0: 21st. Settle down. I want you to take a breath, Hoof, because this is one of those moments for you that could hit hard because
1: Christopher Nolan has a new movie. You want to go with that one first? I'll let you do this one cuz right. now that
0: you've had your breath. July 21st
1: Oppenheimer <laughs> hits the screen. By the way, a quick preview of an upcoming episode that we will be doing. We will have a Christopher Nolan related episode of Rick and Nick coming in the next month or so. We're probably it's probably to not going to be for Oppenheimer. Yeah, it probably won't be until the end of June, but little sneak peek, we are going to do a Christopher Nolan episode what a surprise. I suggested it to Dave. Who's this
0: Oppenheimer? What is it? Tell me what this is about. J.
1: Robert Oppenheimer, who was at the center of the Manhattan Project, among those at the center of creating the atomic bomb during the late stages of World War II. One of the more enigmatic characters in scientific history, in, in history, and in terms of invention and Somebody who I think that this is Christopher Nolan's first true biopic that is being put together for this. This is going to be a really, really fascinating examination of somebody who, who courts a lot of opinion of how, do, what do you make of somebody who is clearly brilliant and yet created something of enormous destructive force and he himself grappled with that quite a bit. Somebody who seemed to revel in the celebrity of his position but who also had to take in the magnitude of what he was building. And it is Cillian Murphy who is going to be playing the role and his, his star has only just continued to grow and grow over the years. He has been a quote-unquote bit part guy in, in some of Christopher Nolan's movies. He's, he's been in
0: every one of them except for maybe Memento, I think. He's, he's in almost all of them. He's been
1: in a lot of them. Yeah, he he of course showed up as Scarecrow in the Batman movies, including a cameo in, in The Dark Knight Rises and another one in, in The Dark Knight. Small cameos there. He and Christopher Nolan have been really attached to each other. He played a role in Dunkirk. He's done great work. If you've watched the show Peaky Blinders, you know how good he is there. This seems like it's the perfect role for him to get out all of the things that he does extremely well, not just what he says, but also his mannerisms. He's called it the best script he's ever read when he was talking about the script. It. Apparently, the script was written in first person as well, Ooh. not not the typical kind of script that talks about it from a third-person viewpoint. This was a first-person script, apparently. We're going to get IMAX black and white with how this was done, first time that's ever been shot. And a lot of really interesting things that they've done to create what we're going to see with the atom bomb itself. And the cast, by the way, is sensational. Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Kenneth Branagh, Florence Pugh, Benny Safdie, Gary Oldman, Rami Malek, Josh Hartnett, just to name a few. And there are others, too. And, yeah, Gary Oldman will appear briefly as President Truman It looks like it's going to be a really, really tremendous movie visually, but I think the story, too, is going to be fascinating. You know, we
0: talked about Wes Anderson as the director earlier who's got the Planet Asteroid coming out, um, and everybody wants to work with him because he's one of those guys. Nolan is becoming one of those guys, too, where he can command major, major names to get good parts, and other ones, I'll just be that security guide, third guy to the left. He just wants to be in the movie. He has got enough of a pedigree now. Has he had a bomb yet at all? Or even a movie, whether it bombed or not, that wasn't very good. I well, don't think so.
1: Ten, I mean, Tenet didn't really strike the chord that they hard were to, hoping for. Hard but to gauge. The problem there was just trying to release it during COVID. And it was what, what Warner Brothers wanted to do. with This, by the way, will be Nolan's first project outside of Warner Brothers since Memento. Um, and he, he stepped away after just things frayed because of what they wanted to do with the streaming and releasing to streaming. So he became a free agent of sorts, and that's where Universal came in. And so yeah. this is going to be his first project with them. But that's a massive movie, but another massive movie will be released that same weekend with Barbie hitting the big screen.
0: Are you going to go see this one on IMAX? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Are you talking about Barbie?
0: <laughs> I mean, Barbie, yeah. I mean, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling will be playing Ken and Barbie. I wonder if there's going to be a joke where, you know, I think every kid had the funny part where, you know, you would undress the dolls and he's got built-in underwear. I wonder if there's going to be built-in underwear on on Ryan Gosling. Greta
1: Gerwig is directing it as well. <laughs> what? That's why I said that this is a huge weekend. Like, this is one of those two weekends that's just going to be an enormous one because there's going to be a big choice for people to make of – what do you go see? There's a lot of clout between these two movies.
0: I kind of wonder if, and again, there's no trailer yet, really. Not that I've seen. There, There is a teaser. There's a teaser? There, okay, yeah. I haven't seen it then. Uh, is this going to be sarcastic, maybe? Now, I would think not because Mattel is not going to allow the license to make fun of its property, so maybe it won't. But, I mean, Barbie is a figure. Is like, it going to be meta or is it going to go maybe like the legally blonde route where you think it's going to be really stupid and it's going to come around as really smart? Um, could be interesting how this movie is going to well, really that's, play.
1: That's where with Greta Gerwig directing, that's what I, gives when me you wonder. have when you have a big name in there and one who's been very successful like she has... It, it does make you wonder. Hey, it, it, there's got to be more to this than just oh, it's Barbie.
0: So, whether you ever played with Barbies growing up, or this, you're just looking for maybe a comedy,
1: or maybe you know the song,
0: or that too, Barbie Girl. Uh, Come this, on,
1: Barbie, let's go party. I'm
0: going to throw up. This could be <laughs> uh, the way to go. It's it's an opportunity, but you could see the two lines forming at the box office. Uh, one for Oppenheimer. We yeah, one for Barbie. You could just see, you know, the dates parting at the Gateway Office. I'll see you in a few hours. Okay. You can just see that coming right now. So here we go. Following weekend, I just saw the trailer got released for Haunted
1: Mansion, which is coming from Disney, the next weekend. Do you know a little bit more about it?
0: I don't, uh, except that this is another one of the Disney Squeeze movies. We're going to try to get every drop out of all their properties. They've already got the Little Mermaid we talked about. They've already done the Haunted Mansion. I love the Haunted Mansion as a ride. They did yes. the Eddie Murphy version years this is ago. It's like the new
1: Pirates of the Caribbean, just yeah. off of a park ride.
0: They clearly are getting hit hard with some uh, financial needs. Apparently, we need every dime we can get. So, will this be good? Will it? Is it just a money grab? It certainly could be good. It's a great cast. Stay tuned. We will see. I mean, it's got Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson. I think Rosario is Dawson the is in it. it. Uh, this could go either way, honestly. I don't know. I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't seen a trailer for it. But um I, I don't know. If it's if they ever, oh, you know what we could have done? Oh, then that might be good. If it's, guys, we need to squeeze another twenty mil, come out, another twenty mil. Oh, ooh, I know what we could do. How about the mansion? Cool, go, go run with it, you know. I don't know. We'll see.
1: So into August, we have a movie that kind of has some ties a little bit to a movie that we mentioned previously. So We talked about how successful Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was with its take on the Spider-Man story and going the animated route with it, and now it's got a sequel coming. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it appears, is going to be trying to do something similar based on the teenage element of the characters themselves, and again, in a little bit of a different animation format,
0: with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Well they've rebooted this again and again and it's kind of like a Batman or a Superman there isn't ever going to be a definitive version it's just, I think this is a more modern take on all of that because it only started in the what the 80s 90s This will never go away, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying every time you roll the dice, you're going to get a new version of uh, Ninja Turtles that can kick. So, Mutant Mayhem is going to be the new version. Um, It's more animated. It's got the voices: John Cena, uh, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube. I think Post Malone is in it. Yes, Um, Maya Rudolph, Paul Rudd, and apparently Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg
1: were a big part of making this happen behind the scenes. Big Big fans of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle world. World, and they wanted to try to make this happen.
0: So if this is your thing, you got got another uh, Ninja Turtle movie coming out August 4th, and if that's not your thing, then just remember <laughs> that sharks eat turtles and you can go to the theater next door and go watch Meg 2 The Trench. I
1: think large sharks would simply swallow A turtle, especially with the Meg and with Jason Statham, or as I like to say, Jason Statham, back once again to take on these abnormally large sharks, or this abnormally large shark that looks like it is something from uh, the the deepest, darkest place that you can imagine in your mind.
0: This is what Shark Week wants to be, where it's really trying to make shark. Oh my! There could be a megalodon. Now, those of you don't know science. Way back in the era of like the dinosaurs, back in the crustaceous period, there was this ginormous shark to be roughly ten times the size of a great white. That's the one that was in Jaws. That was called a megalodon. They have been extinct for years and years and years. Well, in the 90s, this guy wrote this book called Meg, The Meg, where maybe one existed near a thermal vent down at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, and they made a movie of that a few years ago. It is what it is. It's just a fun, well, what if? It's not based in reality at all, and if you can let that go, I saw the Meg, and it was fun. It was what it was. It's got its moment of jump scares, but does it rival Jaws? Not in the least. This is just going to be more of that fun. If you can suspend disbelief that a Megalodon still lives today and not in the fake way that the Discovery Channel wants to try to push it into Shark Week, (laughs) let's just forget what we know about reality and science logic and common sense, and let's just have some fun with Red Bull then the Meg is going to be for you.
1: Hey, that sounds like Sharknado. Pretty much. Okay, next weekend, August 11th, appearances can sometimes be a little deceiving. So Gran Turismo, there may be some of you out there who hear that name and you think of the video game.
0: You might think of the Clint Eastwood movie, and that's close, but not quite. Gran Turino. Torino. Yes, it's Gran Turismo.
1: Gran Turismo video game that I'm sure, again, a lot of people are very familiar with. Well, this probably sounds like it's a video game adaptation, right? Sort of. Wrong. This was quite a story here when I was reading about this. It's based on a true story of a teenage gamer whose skills on Gran Turismo got him the opportunity to become a race car driver. In real life. Neil Blomkamp is the director here. There are some great names attached to it, too. David Harbour, Orlando Bloom. Jiman Hansu. The there we yeah. go. Great
0: names. This is a true story, but it's it's if you like racing, it's gonna people that don't believe in esports, which is competitive video gaming. I mean, it's like anyone that goes shoots hoops in their backyard garage. You're not all going to become the next Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen or whoever. But sometimes it does happen. You do get that one drop out of a billion, and this is one of those drops out of a billion. The same weekend, you've got Gal Gadot. She's back. She either plays a superhero or a spy. She doesn't really do anything beyond that. Well, now she is playing the spy role in uh, a movie called Heart of Stone, where maybe the agency – I think she works for the CIA this time – um, that and funny enough, Gal Gadot in real life she's Israeli. She had to serve for the Israeli military. That's just the way it is right. out there. So she has some experience to play this role pretty well, and she's played a spy, what two times before? And I'm not counting Diana and you know, aka Wonder Woman, who's kind of her own version of a spy. What was the one where as uh, competing with the neighbors and um oh who else was in that one? Oh yeah, yeah, she was a it- spy. But, you know, this one is going to be straight up. I don't think it's going to be, you know, it might be of a tongue in cheek, but Heart of Stone, she could make a find a way to pull it off. She's got to pull out that charisma because this is going to be one of the few times the movie rests in a lot of ways on her shoulder. She's not part of an ensemble anymore. Right. But she could do it.
1: Next weekend, we've got another installment coming from D.C. I was just reading about this in preparation for the episode. I I really didn't have any familiarity with Blue Beetle, which is coming August 18th, coming from the world of D.C. comics.
0: And this is an origin story here. Well, one of the things I mean, you might have noticed for the summer of 2023, with the exception of the animated Spider-Man movie, there aren't a lot of superhero movies coming out in the summer of 2023. Um, But this one is going to be one of them. This, I also think, is going to be the litmus test with how are we doing with the superhero movies. Are they going to go the way of, say, the Westerns back in the 50s and 60s where people just kind of got tired of them? And after a point, so we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 did pretty well, but that was also kind of a farewell in a lot of ways. And is it really truly going to be a farewell to superhero movies, or are we going to find some fresh ways to do this? Blue Beetle is another origin story about somebody who gets bit by a radioactive tarantula or maybe I'm thinking of one of the other Spider Hero movies. But basically he's going to develop an exoskeleton like a beetle would have and develop superhero powers. It sounds like things we've heard before and seen before and read before, but is it going to bring enough something new to the table? It's going to be one to keep your eyes on because it could be really good or it could be one of those where entertainment tonight, the following week, well, could it be over now, the bubble for the superheroes, I think this might be the litmus test, one I think, of
1: them. I think it'll be, for DC in particular, a litmus test of can you go beyond some of the more commonly known characters and be able to have some success because Marvel was able to do that. Look at what they did with Ant-Man. This is almost – I mean you can kind of attach them, these, these bug-like characters who you go a little bit deeper and you find something that – in their case it worked pretty well with Ant-Man. I mean we just had Quantum Mania third movie of that series come along. What will Blue Beetle do for showcasing DC's ability to go off the beaten path a little bit? That's going to be up for evaluation.
0: You know, and it's also important to note Quantum Mania while Ant-Man is doing a solid performer, Quantum Mania didn't quite live up to it. One of the problems are complaints with the CGI, the special effects, because they keep changing what they want to put up on screen. They'll work on it with CGI. No, we got to change it. We got to now they got to redo all that stuff. And sometimes just 20 minutes before it opens up on screen. So no wonder the CGI doesn't look that great. Well, it looks like they didn't spend any time on it. They didn't, because they kept changing what they wanted the CGI to be. So they gotta get that figured out. And if you've got so many desperate people behind Marvel to make sure that ship stays floating high or DC, which has been struggling. You could just see the not just whatever's on screen, but the way it's delivered because of what's going on behind the scenes. I do hope good things for Blue Beetle. I really do. But, dot, dot, dot. Hard R comedies have tried <laughs> to go against the grain a
1: little bit over the years of taking something that we are used to seeing that we expect to be one way, and then going a more, quote-unquote, raunchy and crude route with it the other way and god love them well that's <laughs> Says i that's up for opinion which brings us to another entry on august 18th strays taking some dogs that are going to talk a little dirty while they probably eat stuff that's dirty
0: you know it's funny you get these dog movies and again there's no trailer yet but i'm getting the impression that these are actual there, dogs. there is a trailer there's actual. Oh, i haven't yes. seen it yet actual dogs rather than cgi is what i'm getting the vibe of But making them look like they're talking, where it's always like The Adventures of Milo and Otis, which is one of the classics from the early 90s, where they get left behind and now they go cross-country to reunite with their family. What if it starts that way, but rather than go cross-country to reunite, they're coming back for revenge? How dare you leave me? But with the voice cast of Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx and Isla Fisher, this it's going to be a hard-R movie right now, so... Oh, it's a talking dog movie. Let's bring the kid. No, no. At movies like that, they need to put a big giant banner right there on the door, a curtain that you have to physically move out of the way so you can't say, I didn't know the movie was rated R, because it is. If your kids don't know the the cuss words yet, they're going to if you bring them to see strays, and I don't recommend that. So this is going to be a hard-R animated, so to speak, talking animal movie. Strays do not bring the kids. Will Ferrell, Jamie Foxx,
1: Isla Fisher, Sophia Vergara, among others in the cast. Think of The Incredible Journey a little bit. Classic movie from, like, in terms of pets making their way across a landscape to get to somewhere. They're trying to get back to their beloved owners, who they, they unfortunately got separated from. In this case... It's they've been left, or this dog who's at the center of it has been left by a pretty crummy owner and joins together with other strays to go back and get revenge. See what I was describing earlier of taking something that we are familiar with and flipping it on its head.
0: This one looks like it could be fun. So if, you know, whatever you do for getting some allowance money to paper route, whatever it is these days, (laughs) uh, who doesn't paper route anymore? I know. Whether you're driving for DoorDash, there you go. Then you get your money, then you can go and spend it to go see one of those great pants wedding movies that you need after a tough week. Strays could deliver. We've got a heist movie, August 25th, with Kevin
1: Hart at the center of it, and it will be on Netflix.
0: But it's worth mentioning it. We'll make it to the big screen, but we'll just give it a quick tip a uh, lift. Is the name of the movie? Kevin Hart, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. Uh, It's a master thief. Could be kind of fun. It kind of gives me the vibe of Bullet Train. The Brad uh, Brad Pitt movie uh, just came out not too long ago. That was a fun movie. I get the similar vibe. It's going to be on on a
1: plane too. That they're trying to pull off this heist.
0: Maybe it's maybe somebody pitched it. It's like Bullet Train, but on a plane. It's like Die Hard, but on a boat, that was under siege. I get the feeling it, it might be that. snakes on a
1: plane just without snakes and with a
0: vice. If, and if they do it well, it really could be something. So it's it just put it on your radar. It could be something. It could be nothing. But again, it'll be on Netflix. Then we finish out, like every summer, Labor Day weekend starts the weekend of September 1st. Uh, I think this one will be another one that tells whether there will be any more to this. But uh, the Equalizer movies. Now, i got to say this. Denzel Washington has done a pretty good job with this character. The Equalizer, for those of you who may not be familiar, maybe you've seen the first two movies, but it's based off of an old uh, a drama show uh, that used to be on CBS back in the 80s of a guy, imagine a spy who retires from the British government. What happens if James Bond retires? Well, what do you do with those kind of skill sets? Well, there might be somebody who's got a problem of some sort. There's some ruffians in the neighborhood or whatever, and nobody will help me, but the Equalizer will. This Equalizer is a little different. This is a guy who's just trying to go on and live his life, but he's got skills. He's not being hired out to help, but he just kind of finds himself pulled into situations where, you know, I've got some pretty good skills. I could help, and it becomes a bloodbath. So it's not (laughs) quite the series that you might have seen back in the day in the 80s. Um, Edward Woodward, I think, was the equalizer in those shows, I think. So this is the third. And now you've got
1: Queen Latifah, who's been doing the equalizer on TV.
0: Yeah, and that's a different vibe also from what uh, Denzel Washington has been doing. Uh, Dakota Fanning is going to join him for the equalizer three I don't know. I, who doesn't like Denzel Washington? He's good in everything, even if the movie's kind of eh. These have been good, but they're like the Liam Nason taken movies. The first one really kind of grabbed me. The second one, not as good. The third one, not as good. We'll see if this is going to go the rule of threes, and just kind of, I think we're done. But, we'll see.
1: Very varied list of movies coming up this summer. There's a little bit of something for everybody that that's in there. We've got some big tentpole movies. We've got a lot of different genres that are available. It's it's a blend. It's, it's, I think with some of these movies, I'm genuinely curious to see how successful they are and what they do, but it's not like there's a lot of massive big swinging movies that we've got out there this summer, Dave, which leaves room for possibility of maybe some surprises.
0: You know, and I'm, don't listen necessarily to what, you know, these two idiots are talking about. If it's a movie that interests you at all, go see it. Give it a shot. Doesn't matter what Dave and Hoove said or what Rick and Nick are too busy to come in and do their podcast to think about it. If it's something, I've seen all these movies and I want to see this one too, and they said it wasn't looking very good, well then go see it anyway. If you're a Transformers fan, go. Get the biggest popcorn and soda and go with a big smile, and I hope it is the best Transformers movie ever if that's your thing. For you personally, Indi- what are
1: you looking at on this list and and planning on attending?
0: You know, Indiana Jones is the easy one and I like yeah. I've said I've been pensive about this one. I I don't want to see Indiana Jones falter because it went on too long. I really don't. I think this one's got a better vibe than The Last Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But if I had to cut that one out and I can't say Indy, The Flash looks so interesting. It looks like it is gourmet popcorn. It looks like what you would expect and more. And I think... I think there's a reason they screened it two months early. One, they need to do some collateral damage with all the Ezra stuff. But I think they really do have something special on their hands, and I would love to feel that tingle. The last time I felt it was 92, and he swung in a Batman with with Catwoman. This would be fun. I want to see the Flash.
1: I've got two for certain that I'm going to go see, and I've got two that I'm going to hold out a little bit and see what the reaction is, and maybe I'll go a little bit down the line. So... Mission Impossible. Oh, absolutely, that's that's definitely one that I'm thinking I'm going to go check out in theaters. I will be at Oppenheimer open opening night. I'm going to be there the first night well, to go just, see that you one. You
0: just gave me like one. I gave you two, but there's yeah. like five or six I and, really want to see. And then
1: them. you mentioned The Flash and Indy. Those are, are the ones that I'm looking at and going, I'm going to wait and see what kind of reaction they get, and maybe I'll, I'll hear word of mouth from some friends perhaps of, of how they react to them. But I'm I'm intrigued by those strongly enough that I'm – I'm going to wait and see if the reaction is good. I'm thinking there's a good chance that I'll go and check them out.
0: You know, this is one of those where I am, I don't care if it looks like we were hoping Indy would swing into glory on his last out, but it doesn't I don't care. I'm going to see it anyway, good, bad, or indifferent, because I'm a fan. I grew up on that
1: stuff. It's been, yeah, it's been part of your movie-going experience for years now. And
0: we we talked a little bit about Indiana Jones a couple episodes ago, so that's all we need to see. But by all means, one of the best things of summertime is going out and having fun and jumping off the dock and going to concerts and road trips and whatever. But when you've had just a little too much sunshine and you need to take a little bit of a break or end a nice summer day in a cool, dark, and air-conditioned theater with candy and ice-cold soda and hot buttered popcorn, there's nothing better to complement a summer evening or day or whenever. Go see a movie this summer and the Bemidji Theater. What a darn good and now improved place to go see a show. Great seats, and if they're not all open in time for this one, they will be for Memorial Weekend. Go see them. Go sit in them. Brand new screen, brand new uh, sound effects, uh, or sound uh, system, I should say. It's a great spot to go see a show right off of Highway 2 between Bemidji and Wilton. And tell Missy we said, yo.
1: Top of the line yeah yeah and the seating just fantastic the experience is going to be great for getting to check out these movies and some of them ones that you've got to see on the biggest screen possible you want to give a quick preview of our next episode because i know we planned a little bit in advance i mentioned about that we're going to do a christopher nolan episode a few weeks down the line
0: but well, let's do a tease Next. then. Let's not be too specific. But sure, The epi- time. The episode we did, the last one, was all about cinematography. It was the art of what you see. But think about what this could imply, uh, the things that you don't see. And I don't mean sound. Hmm. We'll or, leave it at that.
1: Or you may get to see them, but it takes the special features on yes. the disc or... Or something around might, on the internet.
0: Maybe some that are only rumored but we've never actually seen. <gasps> Ooh, maybe that gives yeah, it away too much. That's, but that's that's
1: next that's time. That's true too. That'll be next time. We'll save it for then. Until then, I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. Have a lot of fun going to the movies this summer, and we will see you at the movies.